Hey guys, hope you're all well. Welcome to Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to all things movie and TV. I'm your host, Cal Duffy, and in today's episode, I wanted to cover a number of things. First off, the football. Men United faced off against Aston Villa this week. Men City faced Chelsea. Liverpool took on Brentford. And Arsenal and Tottenham faced off in the North London Derby. As well as that, I want to talk about movies and TV, obviously. What movies and TV shows I've been watching this week. I've been getting into a few different TV shows up on Disney Plus and Netflix. So I'm going to be dipping into that. As well as that, I've been looking at a few games online. So I wanted to cover that and talk about that as well. I hope you all are having a good week. My week has been alright now, to be honest. I've been trying to stay productive and keep on track. I think last week I was all over the shop. Do you ever get bogged down during the week and you just think, Jeez, I have so much to do, but I, don't, I just don't have the energy to do it. I think that's pretty universal. But yeah, it was just one of those weeks last week where I had a lot I wanted to do, but I just didn't have the energy to do it. So I was just kind of making small concessions here and there and being like, okay, I got this done, but I didn't get this done, but that's okay. So I was making small compromises and kind of just trying to get my priorities in straight, being like, okay, this is important, but this isn't. So I'm just trying to take this week as it comes and plan it out ahead of time and say, okay, this is what I want to get done and try and get it done. Whereas last week, I didn't have a plan really last week. I just kind of went into it blind. And I think that's why I was feeling all over the shop as well. It's much better when you have a plan for your week because then you don't feel scatterbrained or you don't feel like you're not doing as much as you should be. So yeah, that's the crack this week with me anyway. I'm obviously working on the podcast this week and my episodes go up on Wednesday and Friday. So I have that. I also have work with radio stations. I'm contributing to them. I was on radio stations last week, contributing to a sports show in Ross FM in Roscommon, as well as a show that I contribute to every week on CRC. I do a little segment on there reviewing movies and TV shows. I'm just super grateful and excited that I'm able to contribute to different radio stations and build up my experience. You know, I'm able to talk about stuff that I'm passionate about, which I'm very grateful for. On Ross FM, in Roscommon, I talk about football. I contribute to a sports show down there every Friday. The hosts are dead sound. There's two fellas on there and I contribute every week. I talk about premiership football, talk about all different kinds of sports down there, and I'm still building my experience down there and learning the ropes, really. But everyone has been dead sound so far, which I'm really grateful for. With CRC FM, I have a segment I do every week with a presenter. It's his show, but I just contribute to part of the show. I do a segment on movies and TV. I give my review. I have discussions about movies and TV, which I love doing. So I'm talking about stuff that I'm passionate about in radio. And to be honest, radio is an area I'm pursuing passionately. I have a big passion for it. And I eventually want to become a radio presenter. That's my end goal. So having the experience and the opportunity to contribute to shows is immense. And I'm very thankful for it. And I'm learning as every week goes on and my passion is still staying very bright, which I'm thankful for. You know, that was a problem with me at one stage. You know, I would get a big passion for something and really focus in on it and have laser focus on that passion for maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months until I would hit a brick wall and I wouldn't know where to go next or how to pursue it. And then I'll give up on it. But with radio that hasn't happened, you know, I'm working every week on improving my craft improving the podcast the podcast has been great for improving my radio skills my presenting skills my editing skills all that kind of stuff so that all lends to my work in the radio stations during the week as well because i can bring my experience in from the podcast to the live shows or the pre-recording of the shows and stuff like that so that's what my weeks look like right now and for the foreseeable future 
I'm chipping away every week trying to improve my craft, trying to build up my experience in radio because it's something I'm passionate about. And whatever you're doing out there, I hope you're passionate about it too because nothing is worth doing if we don't have passion for it and we don't have fulfillment from it. Anyway, on with the podcast. Let's get into the football. Jesus, what a smooth transition. Anyway, here we go. Man United faced off against Aston Villa this week. Chelsea faced off against Man City and Brentford took on Liverpool. Obviously, those three fixtures you think the real nail biter is going to be Man City and Chelsea and it was a pretty hard fought battle between them Man City did come out on top I think this was a very determined win by Man City the past while they've been kind of lacking their normal form you know they're missing Sergio Aguera they didn't pick up another striker in the transfer window Harry Kane his deal fell through he didn't come to Man City and that's kind of been kicking him in the ass since I'll get to that in a minute but yeah Man City haven't picked up another striker to replace Sergio Aguero and you know they have Jack Grealish and that's been working for them he's been playing well but they've been lacking that normal killer edge you know their game against Southampton was kind of proof of that but they needed to show their teeth in this game and getting a 1-0 victory after losing three consecutive games to Tuchel was a big shout and a big a big way to um, show off that they're serious about this Premier League and they're serious about challenging again. So that was the game in Man City. I think it was Gabriel Jesus who got the goal. Brentford pulled off a surprise performance, holding Liverpool to a three-all draw. Such an entertaining game, you know, when there's six goals scored in a game and it ends up in a draw. Great to see, as a neutral anyway. Obviously Liverpool fans were very upset, dropping points to Brentford, but... Brentford are pushing their way up the table now. They're in ninth place and they're looking to solidify their, themselves in the top 10. You know, really pushing for Europe next year, which is great. See, you know, if Brentford get European football next year, it'd be great for the club. Especially them only being promoted this year. I've no clue whether they've been in the Premiership before this or whether it's their first time in the top flight. But it's great to see a team like that overperforming and like holding the big teams to task. You know, they got a win against Arsenal in their first game of the season, a 2-0 victory. And they have a great player in Ivan Tony as well. I think he's kind of been their inspiration in terms of creating goals, creating opportunities this season. He had a great season in the championship the year they got promoted last year. And it was great to see them hold on to him because I know I know his performance in the championship last season had a lot of teams turning their heads and trying to sign him but i think it's great to see brentford like i said overperforming and making it entertaining you know normally when a team gets promoted they're the most likely to be in the relegation zone but they've kind of taken their name out of that hat and made the premiership turn around and think okay they're serious about staying up they're serious about challenging for things and looking to get more competitive football in europe as well with a top 10 finish and of course man united bottled it surprise surprise not really surprised i don't know it's just we weren't at the game at all i was watching highlights and even watched most of the game and we just weren't at the races mentally we weren't there at all and it just really sucks and it's really disheartening to see i don't know what's happening because we have the ability on the pitch it's just getting in the right mental headspace to put away games and a lot of the players have come out this week after the game saying listen we have to pick ourselves up go again you know we have to take the bad with the good and that's a great mentality to have as a player but we shouldn't be trying to g ourselves up this early into the season already you know we should be trying to hit the ground running and i just think we can't for the life of us string a few 
games together you know I think the days are gone when Man United were able to string 10 wins together it's just not something we're able to do anymore and maybe you know it's because the league has progressed since then maybe it's the fact that you know other teams besides the top four are a challenge and every team is always improving themselves but this is very clear I watched a video on TikTok today I think and it was you know it was sports talk a kind of TikTok and it was talking about how Man United fans need to get through their head that they're not a big club anymore and I was kind of I kind of shirked it off and I said oh it's bullshit but you know when we're struggling to win games like that you have to wonder is our big club mentality gone is our top four club mentality gone even though we have the players to win trophies we don't have the mentality we don't have the philosophy the drive in every game to put away games you know you know you can buy all the players you want but if you can't get them to gel together and get performances then you know it's kind of useless no matter who you have and again i think things aren't going to get better until skullshire is gone that's the fact of it like he's not good enough to be a manager at man united i don't think he's good enough he wasn't good enough to be manager at cardiff like so i just don't know why he's still there and you know man united keeping him there are just kind of solidifying their their ambitions by keeping Skullshire there and not winning trophies they're saying oh we're okay with not winning trophies we're okay with just qualifying for the champions league that's it and we're becoming like Arsenal in that state you know near the end of Wenger's reign like he wasn't able to do anything but break the top four and that's the way Arsenal are going now Arsenal would love to be able to break the top four now but they're gone down the slope altogether but I think we've replaced them in that we're not able to challenge for trophies anymore we're a top four team for the time being and until we sort our shit out get a new manager in in my opinion that's all we'll be so yeah great week for me as Man United fan fuck's sake anyway Arsenal finally got back on track with a nice win against Tottenham and really showed Tottenham up to be honest Tottenham looked horrible it was so bad I watched the full game and just to freshen up again I watched the highlights because I kind of forgot the game because it was kind of like one of those you know when you're not supporting the team and you watch it you kind of it's easily forgettable because you're not fully invested in it so i rewatched the highlights today and harry kane wasn't there at all <laughs> poor harry kane like it's so bad but to be honest i don't feel sorry for him because he made his bet he might as well lie in it now and i saw something i was watching i was watching mark goldbridge today and he was saying there's no point in harry kane putting on a mood now because there's no point in him throwing a tantrum on the pitch and not performing and letting things get into it inside his head and not focusing fully on the game because his chance to go to Man City's gone. He's not going to get another chance until the transfer window opens up again. Now is his time to build up, keep on building up his reputation, slotting in goals and making sure he gets an offer he wants to leave next season. But yeah, Tottenham just look a shambles. Now, Espirito, Nuno Espirito, he's not good enough to bring them anywhere. I think Mark Goldbridge called him a pound land or a, a, the poor man's Jose Mourinho. And I think I was watching Chelsea Rory from the kickoff as well, Rory Jennings. He said that he's Jose Mourinho without all the good stuff. He's everything bad about Jose Mourinho. You know, that just goes to show how fans are looking at him. Well, I don't know how any Tottenham fans are looking at him, but that's how certain fans are looking at it at this stage and to be honest I have to agree because I think it was just like a last ditch effort to get in the manager I don't think they cared at that point who they got in they were just kind of grasping at straws because like Nuno Espirito has done okay with Wolves I think he 
wasn't in a spotlight with Wolves because Wolves weren't challenging for anything. They were just kind of steadying, not steadying the ship, but they were just there to survive in the Premiership. They're not going to be challenging for an FA Cup or you know Carabao Cup. They're not challenging for any European silverware or the Premiership. They're just there to survive in the Premiership, you know. So you know, Esperito has really been put on a platform here to kind of make sure not make sure but he's been put on a platform with Tottenham so everyone can see and critically analyze his managing style and to be honest I don't think he's going to last much longer in Tottenham because something has to change because they look so deflated they gave like they look like they gave up halfway through and when you have that mentality something has to change as well so I think that fans of Arsenal will be kind of motivated by that win and thinking okay maybe Arteta has what it takes maybe he has a plan maybe he's kind of getting his plan underway maybe this is the start of something new for us you know Bamiyang got on the score sheet Saka got a good goal and so did uh, Emil Smith-Rowe so you can see the young players actually slotting in with the more experienced players to create chances and get goals I think this is this might be a red herring though for Arsenal I don't know if they're going to go on and do anything else that good this season like they're in 10th place behind Brentford they might push up and try and break the top four this season but I can't see them doing anything else besides that they might end up with domestic silverware like the FA Cup again or Caribou Cup but nothing beyond that in my opinion that was all the football this week like I said again as a Man United fan I was very disheartening but it was great to see Brentford pulling off a great performance like that against Liverpool I'd like to move on and talk a bit about gaming. All the gamers out there, I hope you enjoyed this kind of segment. I finished playing The Last of Us 2 last week and thinking about it more over the last couple of days, that game could have been so much better. Like, I just think the wrong, like I said again, I think I said it in my last episode, the wrong people died. I would have loved to play as Joel again in that game. But again, like I'm pissing and moaning over nothing now at this stage. I'm looking at a few more games that I want to play and... I was looking online of play games to download and pre-order. I normally go back to like FIFA and Crash Bandicoot, like games that I love after I finish a new game. But I said, fuck it, I might as well go on and see what new games there are to pre-order. Came across a game called Sifu, S-I-F-U. It basically focuses on a Japanese samurai who has to defeat all his enemies. But the catch in the game is every time you're killed in the game, you age. So if you die once, you age like a year or two years or whatever, and you have to complete the game before your character dies. So you could complete the game at age 46 or age 76, you know? So that really seems really interesting. It's a really cool concept for a game. It's not released yet, so I have to pre-order it, but they're doing a sale now on PlayStation Network. I think it's like 10% off. So I might end up pre-ordering it this week. I also want to look at Saints Row as well. I haven't played a lot of that, but I kind of think it's similar to uh, Grand Theft Auto. So I might look at pre-ordering that as well. Uh, my birthday's coming up, so maybe I might ask for that for my birthday. Who knows? But yeah, I'm kind of in between games at the moment. FIFA 22 looks like I, I, it looks like I might buy it again. I don't know why I just end up buying FIFA every year when I know they don't improve on it. Like there's been things coming out about the games, uh, the FIFA already, the glitches and stuff like that. And the last couple of years, EA has done nothing to improve the game and experience for people who love FIFA. And I know it's like a football game, there's not much you can improve on it. They improve the graphic styles every year. 
you know more and more players have real faces in the game and look like themselves in real life and the gameplay is more realistic with like free kicks and tackling and stuff like that but besides that it's just it's not as good like they just, it just seems like they just put as little effort into new releases as possible FIFA 22 just add this one bit and that should keep them happy like last year I think in FIFA 21 they just did like the they added like the indoor football element you're able to play online but it's like kind of similar to FIFA Street instead of improving career mode or anything like that I only play career mode I used to play online but I just couldn't justify spending money on non-existent coins so I could buy players just didn't make sense to me so I just play career mode as well as that I play football manager as well but yeah I just I wish EA would just improve career mode they have introduced one element to career mode this year where you can create your own club and build them from the ground up that might be a bit of fun but I'm not holding my breath I think for my birthday as well I'm probably going to get football manager 21 I'm in love with that game I'm so addicted to it it's the only PC game I play constantly I do have like a Steam account that I try and like try out new games every now and then but FIFA, uh, Football Manager is the game that I, I've been playing it since I was young so I have a real nostalgic feeling for it and it's one of the games that I'm really good at too so I'm naturally going to play it more what other games I was, uh, was I looking at this week I think that's all really I'm going to try and get into FIFA 22 and see what the crack is I might as well like it's the only game I've been consistently playing since I was young but other than that I'm going to be looking at a few um, action games to download my friend recommended Ghosts of Shir- Hiroshima uh, Ghosts of Shishima or whatever I think that's the name of it and it's an action game I'm assuming uh, but yeah I want to f- figure out that game and try and give it a go as well I'll also probably end up replaying Red Dead 2 because that game is just perfection in my eyes let me know in the comments or leave me a message on Anchor FM let me know if you play Red Dead or if you hate it or if you love it because I absolutely love that game everything about it is just perfect you know you have an open world that you can go and just ride your horse hunt animals hunt down outlaws as well and the story is excellent whenever I do replay it and I have replayed it a couple of times already I often find myself not wanting to finish the game because the second part of the game in terms of the story is so sad because I think once you get to Saint Denis everything starts to go downhill for Arthur and I hate playing that part of the game because it's so sad because Arthur is such a good character and you know it's the beginning of the end I think especially when you go to Guarma the island Guarma that mission that was really the beginning of the end for him and I often just try and stay in Valentine as long as I can and Horseshoe Overlook and just hunt animals do a mission here or there and go and get bounties and just try and upgrade everything as much as I can and enjoy Arthur as a character while I can again let me know in the comments or leave me a message on Anchor FM if you like this game love this game let me know your opinion on it because like I said before it's one of my favorite games to play probably one of my favorite games of all time from Rockstar to finish up the podcast today I wanted to talk about a few TV shows and movies that I've been watching this week as well as a few other TV shows and movies that I want to rewatch and binge as well I really want to rewatch The Haunting of Hill House season one I don't know if anyone has seen that show but it is amazing 
I remember watching it with my girlfriend and I binged it with my girlfriend and my sister I think as well and it's just so well written the acting is excellent isn't it and I don't normally like horror movies I normally hate them to be honest I hate jump scares and in my opinion most horror films these days the jump scares come out of nowhere they have nothing to do with the story they have no meaning they're just there to kind of freak you out for two minutes make you piss your pants but in Hill House everything is purposeful and I think a lot of people were posting up videos of Hill House you know reaction videos because there's a lot of easter eggs in that show and I think the more you watch it the more you realize okay oh I didn't notice that I didn't notice that and for anyone who has watched Hill House they'll know there's a lot of hidden jump scares that are in there and kind of like hidden figures in each shot to make you just very on edge and eerie you know uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it i just might put up a spoiler warning here now because i want to get into a few scenes here and there you know when you are watching hill house and they pan they flash back to when they're all kids in the house you know in every in almost every scene there's a figure in the background and that figure is most always a ghost that lives in the house with the children and the children don't know that they're ghosts for instance i was watching one video where a guy was pointing out who were people and who were actually ghosts that were haunting the house and there's two men on the stairs in one in one scene and they're working on some grandfather clock but apparently they were never there they were ghosts the whole time and because the children could see them they didn't think oh they're ghosts and because they weren't like you know going around trying to scare them they were just there doing their own thing and some ghosts in hill house are like normal people they just go about what they were doing before they died and they act like normal people but other ghosts have trauma and died a bad way and that's why they go around trying to haunt the house and haunt the people who are living in it the acting is excellent like i said henry thomas from et he's in this show and he plays the father the young father in haunting a hill house and he is excellent oh my god i didn't realize he was in et I didn't realize he was Elliot from E.T. until I finished watching it and for the whole series I was thinking I recognize his face there's something about this character something about this actor I can't put my finger on it but once I realized he was in E.T. it just clicked and he's excellent in season one season two is pretty good as well I might talk about that in a different series in a different episode when I rewatch it as well but yeah I really want to rewatch season one this week I just kind of got the hankering for it and the craving to rewatch it the end scene made me cry and I don't normally cry at movies or TV shows it takes a lot to kind of make me cry but I just think the build up to that scene was so intense and there was so much going on that I just couldn't help for a solid like five minutes to set out my annual cry but I remember my mom walking in because I watched it in my home house my mom walked in and me my girlfriend and my sister were all crying at the scene and I remember saying why are you watching this turn it off it's make if it's making you cry and i was thinking jesus christ i never cry like this is cathartic for me let me cry and i, I find it actually therapeutic to cry sometimes at these kind of movies because especially if you don't have a lot to cry about in real life you need to get out bad emotions somehow so if you're able to cry in a movie i think it's very therapeutic and for anyone who has seen hill house season one all the way through 
you'll understand why that end scene is so powerful. There's a lot of unanswered questions that are answered. There's a lot of feelings and things that need to be said that are said and explained. And it's so well acted in that scene as well. I think that's why I ended up crying because I really felt everything in that moment and everything hit me in that moment. You know, Hill House as a series does a great job of building everything up and make everything line up for one scene, the end scene, to be honest. They have a great job at, they do a great job of lining everything up to knock you down for the ending. And they did that with me anyway in season one. They just, it hit me like a ton of bricks, to be honest. But I think that's what a good series does. It really pulls at your heartstrings. It can make you cry. It can make you laugh and scream. There was a couple of jump scares. There was one jump scare in particular in the car. And there's a scene where they're driving in the car and there's a jump scare. And my sister let out this scream that could only be described as like a killer scream like it sounded like she was being stabbed to death you know when someone screams so loud that it makes you scream and it makes you jump but then like you go from scared to anger like that because you're like why the fuck did you scream so loud but it was one of those it was the biggest jump scare in them in the series and it got us all really bad but especially my sister it sounded like she was being stabbed that's how bad her scream was i just think Hill House as a series there was so much effort put into it there was so much care with the acting and with the storytelling and I think they were perfectly cast all the actors in the show they did such a good job and I just can't wait to rewatch it I wanted to revisit a TV show I talked about in my last episode Squid Game it's a Korean made TV show it is dubbed in English but it is trending right now online and it is on track to become one of the most successful Netflix series of all time. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's trending number one in Ireland and the UK on Netflix. And for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, get on it because it is such a good show. I think there's nine episodes in total in season one. And in my last episode, I talked about not knowing whether it was just going to be one and done, whether it's going to be one season and it was finished. I finished it off this week, I think it was two days ago, and the ending does leave it open for season two. So I think they will go on and do a season two of this show because the way it ends, it's very open-ended. There's a lot that can go on in season two. So I hope that they actually continue with this show because it is so good. Like I said, as an English speaker, in my last episode I said, normally when a TV show is dubbed in English, it's not dubbed very well and you kind of lose the effectiveness of what's going on in the show. This does not happen in Squid Game. All the action is so good and the storytelling is amazing. The acting is amazing as well. All around such a great show. Even though they're speaking Korean in the show and I'm an English speaker, I can feel the effectiveness of their acting and it's put across in their body language in the way they gesture, in everything they do in this show. It is such a good show, so well cast, such a unique perspective for a show as well. Again, like I said, I've talked about different kind of anime shows, different kind of Korean made shows and Japanese made shows as well. They have this unique perspective and twists on things. I don't know if it has to do with their culture or the way they see things, or maybe it's a unique mindset as well, but it's such a unique spin on a show it's such a unique take for a show to have and it just makes the show that much more entertaining that much more interesting and to be honest for anyone who hasn't seen it just get on it because you will not regret it it is such a good show to watch and it's so easy to binge it like i said i finished this show within 
two and a half days i think a day and a half to be honest i think we got through six episodes in one day and then we took a break for a day and a bit and came back and watched the rest of it again like i said i loved this show there's nothing really i can say there's nothing more i can say to you to try and convince you to go and watch the show i hope you have watched it i hope you enjoyed it let me know in the comments and leave me a message on anchor fm if you've watched the show and what you thought of it and let me know your reactions to the twists and the turns in the show because there is a couple let me know how you reacted to certain plot twists i'm interested to see if he had any theories on it from the beginning or if he copped on to anything that was going on squid game definitely worth a watch in terms of other tv shows and movies i want to watch this week i fit i'm halfway through i haven't finished it yet i'm halfway through the jinx on now tv it's a documentary series and for anyone who hasn't watched that either give it a go especially if you like true crime documentaries i won't spoil anything to be honest i'm only through four episodes at the moment so i just want to finish that this week as well so yeah give the jinx a watch um south park i'm re-watching a lot of that it's one of my comfort shows i'm re-watching the pandemic special on season 24 it's very funny like i really appreciated south park coming out with that kind of episode because you needed to laugh at some stage during the lockdown you needed to kind of have a cathartic release and like kind of laugh at the situation because it's so surreal what was going on with lockdown you know things are easing up, easing up now at the moment but it was very hard you know in lockdown to kind of realize okay i can't see my family i can't go out and do stuff i would normally do and get used to life like that give season 24 of south park a watch if you haven't already another tv show that i'm coming upon and i saw on disney plus is a tv show created by seth MacFarlane and starring seth MacFarlane called the orville you know seth MacFarlane has made it no secret he's a huge fan of star wars and star trek he loves all things space and he's very fascinated with that so i think the orville as a show was his way of kind of indulging in that and kind of creating something that he's passionate about in family guy he has episodes paying homage to his passion for space and star wars and star trek you know there's episodes where family guy focus on uh, star wars as a movie and pay homage to that so i'm very interested to see if this show is any good i really want it to be good because i love seth MacFarlane. i recognize some of the actors on the show as well the late great norm mcdonald does a few voice overs or there's a bit of voice acting in this show so it's great to see that i'm a huge fan of seth MacFarlane and his creative process you know i love family guy i love his sense of humor so hopefully i love the orville as well for anyone looking to watch it it's available up on disney plus if you have that app and it's a live action show i don't i didn't want to confuse you saying you know norman mcdonald does a bit of voice acting in it but the character he plays is totally cgi'd so he's not physically in the show himself but for the most part it's all live action i'm only after starting it this week i think i've got one episode under my belt i'm loving it so far anyway it has set mcfarland's stamp of comedy all over it and like i said he stars in it himself and he's also a big creative process behind the show he created it i'm assuming he directs it as well and has that big hand in the writing of the show the show itself was released in 2017 there are two seasons available up on disney plus if you want to give them a watch 
I think they're looking to get renewed for a third season. I don't know if they have or not yet. Hopefully they have because from the first episode alone, I really want to watch as much of the show as possible. But let me know in the comments and leave me a message on Anchor FM to let me know if you've seen the show, what you thought of it, what's your opinion on it. Uh, no spoilers, please, obviously. But let me know what you think of the show. I'm also thinking that I want to re-watch Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's only his ninth movie of his career, which is Matt's Think. And the only reason I remember that is because when they were marketing the movie and promoting it when it was released, that was the tagline. But I remember seeing it in the in in the cinema and it was so good. Like most of the movie is conversations, but even with that, it's not boring. It's so entertaining. You know, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, you have Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. So good. So well acted, so well written. You know, Quentin Tarantino might be a bit of a dick in real life. He comes across a bit of a dick sometimes. But he can direct the fuck out of a movie, I tell you that. Jesus. I remember seeing it in the cinema with my girlfriend. And she doesn't normally like movies with violence in them. She kind of gets put off by that. But even she could look past it and see that this movie was such a gem. This movie is so well shot as well. It's so bright, it's so colourful. The cinematography is excellent in this movie. As well as that, I just want to talk about the conversations in the movie. Quentin Tarantino does conversations, mundane conversations, very well. He makes mundane, everyday conversations bright, animated, entertaining and enticing to watch. You know, I'm just thinking about Reservoir Dogs. There's a scene in Reservoir Dogs where characters are at a diner and they're talking about how much will be tipped a waitress one character says oh i don't believe in tipping they have a 20 minute conversation about tipping and why this character doesn't believe in it why he thinks it's not a thing why he doesn't feel bad about not tipping this should be a boring conversation it has nothing to do with the plot but it is so enticing you hang on every word these characters say because the characters are so well formed and the actors are so good in the roles as well as the script the script is amazing you know so quentin tarantino does mundane conversations very well he makes everything so entertaining that's one thing i love about his movies and tarantino does it again in once upon a time in hollywood the conversations in this movie and the dialogue is amazing the dynamic between brad pitt's character and leonardo DiCaprio's character is amazing as well i would definitely recommend watching that movie if you haven't already i'm gonna watch it this week i might talk about it in my next podcast episode i'm really looking forward to re-watching it because it's such a good movie i've only actually seen it once when it came out in cinemas i haven't re-watched it since but i'm definitely going to re-watch it this week i might talk about it in my next podcast episode but i'm definitely going to review it on my crc fm movie segment anyway i'd really like to hear your thoughts on this movie and quentin tarantino as a director if you want you can leave me a message on anchor fm let me know your thoughts and opinions on once upon a time in hollywood and tarantino's films before i wrap up today's episode i just want to speak on my podcast a bit and the content i'm putting out lately as you can notice i'm talking about more stuff on the podcast like gaming football and sports going forward with the podcast i also want to include more true crime talk I'm a big fan of true crime documentaries, serial killer documentaries, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure many year too. So going forward, I will be dedicating some episodes to true crime talk, different documentaries I've watched in the past and different documentaries I'm watching currently. This 
Friday's episode we'll be talking about true crime talk different documentaries I've seen in the past different YouTube channels I watched dedicated to true crime and different serial killer documentaries I've watched as well so hopefully all of you interested in true crime will enjoy that as well one other thing before I wrap up as well I just wanted to recommend a new podcast for ye for anyone who's looking for a new podcast to watch on YouTube the other people's lives podcast i've been getting into it this past week and i can't stop watching it shout out to the other people's lives podcast it's so good so anyone who hasn't watched it yet give it a look on youtube i hope you all enjoyed today's episode as always you can find my podcast finding yourself up on anchor fm and spotify you can also subscribe to my youtube channel where i put out podcast material up there and updates about the podcast as well this has been finding yourself with kyle duffy thanks for listening Thank you.